Hello. Welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv slash rolltogetherrpg slash schedule. Please do leave a review, and we look forward to adventuring together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk Together, where today we're talking with the cast of Huxley's Book Club. Oh, little more. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm. Hello. Hey. Hello. So I'm We're tired. I just had a baby. I'm tired. How's everyone doing? We all good? Yeah. Yeah, good. Good. Well rested. This is good. I'm so pleased for you. Um, cool. So, Huxley's Book Club, a lovely quiet gentle tale low level right yeah lots of like hanging out reading nice books in the library it's just, yeah it's just mike what possessed you <laughs> um it's liz's fault okay liz what possessed you um many things have possessed me during my time with all together um, yeah i'm sorry about that okay <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to questions about the show and more, but first, let me tell you a bit about Roll Together. Um, really? No, I'm not that much. Uh, yeah, no. we're rolling dice. We're, I ask questions based on dice rolls. Although I, you, you, if you watch this channel before, you know that I, I, care, I give no fucks. So chances are I'll be asking lots of questions that I want the answer to, and then I'll roll some <laughs> dice towards the end. And I remember there's a format point, and that will be the thing that we do. So that's what we're going to do today. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, the stream runs for an hour. We are delighted to be sponsored by HeroForge, Ultra Pro, Phoenix Dice, and Alchemy RPG, and supported by Idle Champions, Neverwinter, Elderwood Academy. Hey, there's social media in our name. You could you could do stuff there. I'm so, so, so down on social media, as you can tell. It's, like, it's really my jam. So down um, with that web surfing. <laughs> there's, even a, there's even a TikTok where you someone, one of us will tell you the time. That's how a it works, right? TikTok. That's what TikTok yes. means, yes? Correct. You, you, you log on and someone tells you the time. I assume that's why it's called TikTok. Otherwise, why is it called TikTok? Doesn't matter. Okay. We're also on Patreon. Please help. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Our D20 Club supporters there, and they are awesome. And you can join them. Just search for Roll Together RPG on Patreon. You can also watch our shows on Twitch, as you might be doing now. Watch our shows on YouTube, as you might be doing now. Or listen to our shows as podcasts, as you might be doing now. And if either other two are also available to you. Good. Right. Hello, everyone. Hi, Chris. Actually, one <laughs> week since my child was the second child was born. I'm real tired. All right, good. Let's do this. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to roll a dice. I'm going to ask questions because I want to ask people questions. My first question is going to be to Liz. And Liz. Hello. Huxley's a fucking ledge. We all know this. Okay. Mm -hmm. mm. I didn't know when when you came to me and said, can Huxley have a, a husband who may or may not be dead? And... It's going to be a real sad backstory for mm. um, what was it for? For um, uh, swamps. Uh, what was the adventure called? Blackwater. Thank you. Um, Drowning in Blackwater. We went. Yeah, this will be a lovely backstory piece, and no one will torture yeah. you with it later. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> did you? I was in both as well. <laughs> did 
Did you know what Mike was planning for poor Huxley? Because that's that's some dark shit. I, I did not know specifically, but okay. I did I did say to Mike, because Huxley was last, right? So I, as a player, got to see everyone else's backstories come to fruition. So um, I kind of had a little heads up that that might be happening to Huxley. So I said, hey, Mike, <laughs> hey. Um, trauma. Knowing, knowing <laughs> that there's, you know, a, a hint of uh, trauma in Huxley's backstory. And I basically said to Mike, hey, torture Huxley as much as you'd like that's totally oh. fine put him through the ringer I as a player adore it so right. that yes to answer your question yes good I'm glad there was consent <laughs> <laughs> I just I I okay experiencing it was very much a oh we wrote this as kind of a sad backstory that's never going to come up that often with like tiny little touches of might come up and oh now it now it's real <laughs> <laughs> So always a thing. Always. Although, when when you when you know that you have quite a harrowing bat story and that you mm. wrote it about six months ago, and when it comes around, you're like, oh god, <laughs> what did I write? Oh, oh no. What was I thinking? <laughs> oh, that happened to me? Oh no. <laughs> no, it was fine. It was. Fine. I mean, this was a party of. Yeah, okay, harrowing backstories is harsh, but this was a party with a lot of a lot of baggage. I mean, they're all level 14, and some of them were meeting for the first time, so of course there was going to be baggage. Although some, some, like to have baggage thrust upon them, Josh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you're, you're so right true, upon me. <laughs> so true. Josh, did you, did you intentionally decide to make all of your characters ruin each other's lives? Is that intentional? Because I always, I always said with this character, when mm -hmm. I bought an, the next new character that I bring in would connect all of my other characters together. Hang on, all? Like, I get that Ezekiel is Alaric's dad. I got that. Yeah. And I'm assuming that, that some of your other characters are the uh, briefly, in episode three, mentioned uh, estranged children. Yes. The, the, only the only character that I've... The only two characters that I've played that aren't connected are... McGlover from the Christmas one shot well, and <laughs> Jacks from Addie's other world one shot. They're the yeah. only two that aren't connected. But so, hang on, how is your how is your how's the bugbear connected? <laughs> what? What? How's your bugbear connected? So I don't have a bugbear. I have oh, a bugbear. Oh god, my head. I also do. Hopsley oh. is a bugbear. Hopsley <laughs> is a bugbear. Okay. There's so many bugbears. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, Hobgoblin? Hobgoblin? What's your Hobgoblin. character? What's the character called from Garnot. Nexus? Garnot. How's Garnot connected? He's adopted. Oh. There's a big whole story as to why, how he got a hold of, how they came to be, and there was a fae involved, and as we've discovered through Blaze's backstory, uh, not all fae are yeah. good, but this particular fae was, so... So Jakarth and Garnot, all related. So Jakarth is Alaric's son. Yeah, by blood. And then Garnot was adopted. And then, as we found out, Rezekiel from Silver Ridge is yeah. his very naughty daddy. Very naughty daddy. Father. Let's, let's not say daddy, let's say father. Yeah, I, I, it felt really weird after I said it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So Sir Satane from Ancient Antics... Mm -hmm. um, Canon went to Handlekeep. Mm -hmm. No, went to Waterdeep and established a saucy section in the library of the Black Stuff. Yes. And 
I believe Naughty Daddy may have been one of the titles. Oh, Naughty Horse Daddy! That's Naughty right, Horse Naughty Daddy. Horse Daddy. I yes. remember Naughty Horse Daddy. We have... Can we do a single one of these without the word daddy coming up in some context? Nope. I believe, Ethi, it was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I believe that section is where Alaric picked up the Fifty Shades of Fae book. Great. <laughs> that he's been trying to get everybody to read. Great stuff, yeah. Our lore is so deep. <laughs> deep and muscular and girthy. Good. Um... <laughs> Well, now we've got another book to add to the book section of books written by characters as well, Evie. The Dragon Within. Ah, The Dragon Within on all of the bestseller lists. Please, please, please tell me that the name came first. <laughs> no, I actually didn't come up with the name until right on stream. And I was like, what was the cringiest title? Um, 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 The Dragon Within. You improv just... The Dragon Within. I did, yes. That's very impressive. Very good. Thank you. Um, do, do any of the other characters... <laughs> Damn it, stop writing things in chat. Do any of the other characters do any of the other characters come off well in the Dragon Within? Is any any of the ancient antics crew given a chance to shine, or is it just all Tino's story? Come off pretty well. I mean, they're kind of like the simpering sidekicks in a way, but like in an endearing way to certain readers. I'm sure other people find them very annoying, but <laughs> Hang on. From the Ancient Antics cast, who's read The Dragon Within? So Griffon Satane has definitely read The Dragon Within. I'll yeah. put it out there. Well, if he's... Well, has he learned to read? He's probably learned to read by now. If he's written a book called Big and Deep and Girth, whatever the fuck it was called, then... Mm. That's... Mm. No, that was about him. Oh, that was he about was... him. Naughty yeah, he was here. the protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think he's read that book. Oh. I don't think he can read yet. Yeah, despite working in a library and organising a... Yeah, okay. <laughs> but the others have read it. AFW wouldn't care. I mean, it's an assumption that AFW wouldn't care. That's what AFW also can't read. AFW also can't read. Can no one read? Okay, um... The only other person in the party that could read, I think, was the lady. I'm pretty sure that David's massive oh, yeah. giant meat grinder, whose name I've forgotten... Um, could... or something like that? Yeah. So- Sir Torvald. Sir Torvald, thank you. I'm sure Sir Torvald could read. Like that was Sir Torvald was very smart. That was the whole point. He was a huge beef slab, but also very clever. That's true. I imagine it was presented to him, and he was like, "Thank you," and just put it on a shelf, never to be looked at again. <laughs> Zelani sat in some dark graveyard because Tom's characters are always in graveyards. Just huddled behind a stone, reading it, going, "Why? Why does she continue to ruin my life?" <laughs> I, I have I just have a headcanon that the Zelani, the secret paladin, is a not so secret paladin, and, every, and I'm just always aware where is what she's doing. My headcanon of Zelani still remains that she's like scuttling from village to village, being secret. And everyone's like, "What's up with her? We don't know. We don't talk about it because that's what Tom would do." <laughs> so that's all I have. Ah, and of course, we also had some new characters. Don't want to focus too much on the existing ones with Grimnir and um, Blaze coming in for the first time. Um, Johnny, talk to me about Blaze, because Blaze... So Blaze made a pact with a fey warlock to travel the multiverse through the lantern, but also stuck in it forever. So literal genie in a bottle. Yeah, so Blaze actually started off, I remember, I messaged Mike, and I said, Mike, I want to play a sentient flame. So literally just a candle burning and then became sentient. And obviously there's no D&D equivalent to, hey, you're, you're a... You're a sentient flame. There's no stat blocks or racial bonds for that. Fire Genasi's so, pretty close. Yeah, so I, I chose Fire Genasi, and then I was kind of scouring, thinking, well, how can I make this fit? And I saw 
Warlock, and I was like, I've never played a Warlock ever. I've normally played Paladins or Sorcerers. Mm. Um, and I saw Warlock and I saw the Genie in yeah. a bottle, and I was like, well, this literally ticks every single box. Also, and Genie then, Warlocks from a gameplay perspective off. Yeah. Health. Yeah. Utter well, dirty filth. It's actually a really cool kind of side thing to that. Because everyone signed my book, that lasts yeah. until it's used, which means that in future games, if any of these characters come back, um, they will have that one free kind of death save from Blaze because do, it carries on until it's used. Do they do they teleport to your location as well? Is that a thing? Nope. No, they just they just come back and the mm -hmm. name is erased from my book. So as long as they don't all die at the same time. Please <laughs> tell all future DMs of any of these characters. Harry, by the by, they, they get one. They, they get one. Everyone gets they have, one. They, they, have one. they have one free. But yeah, so the Genie Warlock kind of fit in perfectly. And then the the natural fay in me was like, well, how can I how can I mess with this a little bit, make mm. it a little bit more um, funky? And that's how I kind of decided to... Blaze needed to get out of the fay. Blaze um, wanted to get out of the fay, wanted yeah. to explore. So I made a deal with an arch fay and was able to. But as soon as they went into the lantern, that was it. Um, he, uh, they need someone to summon them out of the lantern. And so his... Uh, sorry, their long... Kind of, if you, in my head, it was so kind of sad because you can imagine Blaze just for it, centuries watching people, you know, watching. In your themselves. head, it was sad. It was sad. Yeah. Well, when everyone's yeah. in the lantern, everyone's just sat there going, "Well, this sucks. What happens now? Nothing." And you're there freaking out, going, "No, yeah. no, 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 no!" Like that was awful. It's just uh, just traveling around the world, like watching things from inside. People <clears throat> using them as an actual lantern, mm. and then ending up in a dragon's horde for. 100 years watching adventurers die trying to <laughs> oh, steal gold. Yeah. <laughs> now, I had a very a nice question about your character, but now that you've mentioned that scene, <clears throat> we need to talk about... I, I was I was summoned. I was summoned and I heard your call. Does scatter work outside of an extra-dimensional space? It's an interesting phenomenon. Um, Liz, what are you... What was your, what was your, what was your thinking here? Because rules as written, rules as intended, is a really interesting dialectic in this one. So I like to quote someone called Chris Hislop when I say, what does the spell say? Yeah, that's correct, <laughs> yes. W wording is very important. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, if I remember correctly, Scatter says that the caster can see. Yes. It does not specify cannot be cast over planes, whereas other spells do. Yes. Uh, like the teleport spell specifies you can't teleport between planes. It has yep. to be the same plane of existence. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, if a player is in a position where they can see, they mm -hmm. don't know it's another plane. So they can see out of a window that happens to be on another plane of existence. Mm -hmm. They can then scatter, which will teleport those people to where they can see. All right. First of all, player ignorance is not is not tantamount to this. The world works that way. Just, just a general point, yeah. um, or even character ignorance in this case. Actually, I've got you a missed off slight, DM ignorance as well. I've got a very slight kind of addition <laughs> to that actually, which works really well in the narrative. So, um, Blaze also has teleportation spells. Mm. You know, Blaze can teleport to something that they can see as well. Yes, but I think because he, um, they had been stuck in that lantern for so mm. long, they didn't believe it was possible, and yeah. then. In Mike's narrative, where things that we believe and things that we say become possible, yeah. Huxley, regardless of the actual rules and the multiversal mm. problems, Huxley believed that that was going to work, so it worked. I mean, there's the only... I was thinking about this. The only case I can think of where you could potentially see into another plane of existence but not necessarily be able to teleport there is through a gate or something similar. So there is precedent for it not being achievable. 
but I think Mike was completely correct that for story purposes, it was gorgeous to allow it A and B to make it based on a roll because that meant there was a success trigger and it meant the rolling, what was it, like 20, nearly 30, I think, something like that. You, you, I mean, I don't know about you, Mike, but from a DM perspective, rule of cool A is very important. B, it for the narrative, always more important. And C, it gave you that sense of Huxley wants this. The dice have given us the, 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 the gumption to make it bigger and better. Therefore, this is a cool effect. I thought that was very cool. I don't like putting stuff in front of people and then just going, yeah, there's no solution. Yeah, it's not my vibe as a DM. Sitting there until someone gives me a satisfying enough solution. It's when you, as a DM, get the point where someone says, Can I do this? And you go, No. Yeah. (laughs) What now, DM? Like, why would you shut that down? And it was so cool. And it led to, I'll be honest, I never actually thought they'd end up back at the HOD. That was originally where um, Alaric. Josh's story would have ended up, but it sort of changed um, in the end, and that was perfectly fine, but that was actually going to be... Point of order. So the dragon encounter was avoidable. Absolutely. You fools! But (laughs) did we we avoid it when we went to Alaric's journey? Because if you'd planned that encounter and the horde for Alaric and we Mm, didn't do it... That kind of place, so you, yeah, you you got to it in the end, and okay. we ended up with the absolute chaos of three dragons in one room, all <laughs> yeah. and oh, yeah. there were more like than my, three. There was four. Oh, there was four dragons, yes, because there was Reginald as well. Yep. Um, on <laughs> well, five. Yeah, and and my my brain was slowly <laughs> melting in that fight. Um, but it was great fun. I it did have that DM fun. over the, I'm sure you get this too, Mike, and you too as well. There's actually a lot of us here at DMs. But at that point we were watching another DM going, why did you do this to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I was just slowly adding stuff to my encounter. Yeah. Like, ah. well, no, no, I've had those before. I look at an encounter and go, what, what was I thinking? <laughs> I, I think it was very it avoidable in, in the Alaric story because I sort of went off and started shouting at Mike <laughs> at <Yeah>. one point. <laughs> It was great fun. It was very characterful. It was very nice. And also, Mike, Mike made some really, you know, shoutable at NPCs. So this is this is good. Absolutely. I, by the way, Mike, um, Denier's supposed to be an old, kindly gentleman, so this Prattler version is is the worst. Well, in, in, yeah. In technicality, he started off relatively nice. Maybe a little bit poke funny, but mm-hmm. he just kind of regressed very quickly. But we can talk about that in a different section. Let's talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. Because so, yeah, so I was trying to hint at from the very start that the Prattler was basically like regressing. Yeah. In, you know, from the very start, leaving little hints that he wasn't particularly in control anymore. Um, and you, I mean, the players picked up on it immediately, talking of writer's block, stuff like that, all these yeah. different things that I was sort of hinting at. And he slowly grew regressing from this quite fun, enjoyable person to be around. Mm. to becoming well nasty and a mm. bully and but that wasn't just like an immediate drop it yeah. was it was trying to hint that it was it was almost like he was clutching on to what he should be yeah um, and that was really fun to play with especially in a deity form because yeah. a lot of the time it's so easy to go with a god and go cool they're going to be like omniscient omnipotent like and just just to completely be this infallible being in front of the players but instead pers- making them more personal, making them have flaws, make mm. mistakes. Like, where as soon as they picked apart in the first session, um, 
saying, well, it doesn't make sense. There's plot holes. And you can see the prattler just be like, well, you know, just, you know, you're having that comes like the fact that Evie's character had the confidence to even just be like, nah, fuck you, you're a dick. <laughs> you know, to a god. This is <laughs> like, incorrect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like creating a character that the players, even though they are very fully aware, mm. that character is in complete control of them. And you kind of have to play the game, but making them almost come across as in, inept. And, yeah. you know, you could potentially, it's like it's look, looking at someone and going, I may not be able to beat you physically, but I might be able to trick you. Well, is that, is that Just how, might how, does trick one, you. how does one fight a god? Because do anything, yeah. say anything. But the ability then to potentially hoodwink them or change their mind and that sort of thing yeah. becomes the more prevalent thing. It's really interesting. This is a bit of a side note, but I found it fascinating. We used Milil, who is the god of um, creativity and uh, painting, in particular in Baldur's Gate, framed a lifetime ago, uh, for a similar sort of thing. There was They ended up in a um, painted world that was Milil's realm. Uh, towards the end and had a paintbrush that them paint the way out, but the middle never appeared at the end very briefly to take the brush back, I think. I can't quite remember. But, um, yeah, this idea of being in a creative space which you can warp and alter, and that's another combat where I did that to myself, where there were, it was a room full of holes that all led to other bits of the room, so it was an Escher it was awful. I, I, I did it to myself. Like, it was great fun, but as, it was that DM thing where you go, why? <laughs> Even I'm confused now. I think I hand-waved everyone's within 30 feet of each other by definition of jumping through various holes. Very <laughs> 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 Guardian's ending, I feel, somehow. Yes. Um, Grimnir. We haven't got to Grimnir yet. I am sorry. There's a lot to talk about. Mm. Bams. <laughs> yep. Grimnir, canonically amazing legs. Joining a long host of Roll Together characters with amazing legs. There seems to be a thing that we do. Like, Huxley's famously got very good legs as well. Is it because when we do this, we only ever see the top halves of our bodies? So we're like, no, my legs, my legs are fucking good. <laughs> Liz, Liz, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that it's your and my fault for having obsessions with short shorts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's real life and in-game. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Going out Something on a limb... <laughs> anyway, Nathan Grimley. Um who who is the god of therapy? Uh I think I think the god of therapy is uh is an unknown entity, you know, to a certain extent. It's it's whoever you need it to be. I was gonna the god dig of the law. therapy. I was gonna know? dig the law. I'm pretty sure that somewhere there's a god of um, healing and medicine that could tie in with this. Right, but it's like a subsection of yeah. that. Where like I think there you know, it's it's in recent you know, in recent hmm. years, you know, I think the gods have really recognized that mental health care is really important. The and gods, that there yeah. needs to be some more kind of religious, arcane resources put into it. Mm. Uh, and so they just have their own god now of mental health and of uh, of, of mental wellness and such. And and Grimnir Grimnir <laughs> is thankfully treated by some aspect avatar uh cleric, uh, or just kind of like uh, you know, individual associated with such a so person. Are we saying that it's now canon that Grimnir's therapist, as in the person that Grimnir was personally seeing in person, was actually the god of therapy in some kind of avatar form? I, I'm not going to say canonically anything. Uh, oh. I'm leaving it open to future storytellers, but oh. I would say Grimnir, Grimnir would be a big get as far <laughs> as, as far as, you know, like if, if you're counting souls that you have saved through the power of therapy, 
Um, <laughs> Grimnir's a good one in terms of like, aha, see, it is worth it. We did, you know, this is a big, a big devotee. So even if it's not literally the god of like, you know, Grimnir has has enough kind of spiritual juice there to be, uh, you know, uh, of, of great interest for for any um, any representative therein. Are we sensing paladin levels? I have, I have to, I, there's too much going on. He's already multi-classed. He's already, he's already a zealot barbarian. There's enough. I could barely play him as is. There was too many dice, too many things to add. Hey, so, I'm just saying you know. from, from this side of the screen, um, having run uh, barbarian paladins in the past, it's, it's real good. It's, it's real, I know, real, but it's, real spice. It's, he's already barbarian fighter. And that's just oh yeah, it just, just mm, all of the mm, all of the stacking damage. It's just mm. I know, it, but it's too much because boy, <laughs> no no character app likes running any no. of those characters. No, they don't. You no, have to really know what you're doing. More, it can't be more complicated. I can't find a god of therapy. The closest they get is um, what's his chops, uh, Lathander, god of dawn and renewal. But I can't find anything more. There's probably one somewhere. Right, Jurgle. Jurgle's got death. I, guess. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the problem is how, how much in death, in death healing. <laughs> <laughs> I kill the body, but I heal the mind. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, yeah it's ego, death, etc., etc. Yeah. <laughs> Go on then. Uh, well, uh, well, chat. We can't see you because we pre-record. But if you want to write in your suggestions for the God of Therapy for Nathan, we'll check it afterwards. And, you know, we'll see what happens. So, okay. Grimnir used to be used to be a terrible barbarian. That is that is clear. Checkered past. Did you have any specific like things that he did that were awful that you had like in your back pocket of like, well, here's a shitty thing I once did. I I tried to keep it pretty vague huh. because specifically because I wanted to give myself options sure. to just yes and anything. You know, mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. I wanted mm -hmm. Grimnir to just have the vibe of like. He has done so many things, good, bad, indifferent, yeah. that he just has a story for everything. And and I th I think I I think I told Mike of like, yeah, just like literally whatever. Like I will yes and basically anything that is not against lines and veils and just be like, <laughs> yeah, Grimnir definitely could did arson. Like a lot, like a lot of arson. There was just like nine months arson. where so all much. he did was arson. And so much like, arson. And yeah, he did fight a mind flayer that one time. And like, yeah, it wasn't good. And you know, like I, 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 that was that was just the vibe that I, especially for a 14th level barbarian fighter, like had to have seen some shit, had to have done all kinds of things to, to yeah. amass that much XP while just murdering people with a large sword. And, and arson. Yeah, and our, I don't know what I don't know what the D and D arson kind of uh, XP mechanics are, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, sure had to have done a lot of it. Yeah, Perfecto. this is why we <laughs> use milestones, okay? Right, I'm just gonna right, say exactly. it. Right, exactly. So um, you're saying if I burn down an entire village, that's a, uh, that's a milestone achievement? I think that's what I, that's what Grimnir DM, operated DM's under on for, for some time. Yeah, it's DM's um, discretion, Johnny. So you'd have to take it up with with your DM at the time, and they will tell you <laughs> to fuck off. Nuts. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think kind of the only thing that I really came up with with Grimnir that was kind of like even semi solidified was that there was there was a breaking point mm. where where something happened with his last adventuring group or last group that he was with, or, you know, like band of thieves and <laughs> shitty mercenary. Company. Right, exactly. And he may have, he may have even gotten that point. And, and he got like 
left behind or he left or did something that was really bad and either they left him or he decided he can't do it anymore. And then he realized, like, I don't have any friends left. Like, there is no one who I have associated with for the last, like, 20 years of my life that is alive, around, or wants to talk to me anymore. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> and, oh, and that's, that's, that's not he, a nice feeling, is it? No. no. Right. And, and, and that was what kind of fueled a lot of, like, of Grimnir for me of just like, and that's why he threw himself so much into the book club mm. is because he didn't have a lot of other things going on, frankly. And, <laughs> and like, he had nothing going for him. He knew he was good at what he did, but didn't necessarily want to do that anymore. And so he's like, yeah, I'll hang around with these weirdos. Uh, and I'll, I'll read books, even though sometimes it hurts my brain and like, I'll do my best. And, and that was really, that was really kind of like, the core of Grimnir, even when I didn't have like too many specifics. Um, this is not from chat. This is just from general things I've just been sent. Um, Ilmata, god of healing in the Forgotten Realm, especially of um, very much personal injury. And there's an elvish god called something like Shananana. Sharin, Sharin, is that their full name? Something like. Something like Shanana. A Sharindlar, I think. Hang on, let me find it. There it is now. There it is. There, yes. Sharindlar. 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 I mean, I think it's going to be the the second one because Grimnir would pronounce it as Shananana, either on accident or on purpose exclusively. Oh, that's. Nathan, we've got to be careful. That might become canon without us realizing. Too late. Oh, no. What a terrible thing. I like to think that Shananana has another aspect of their godhood called um, the Dadana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then a Menomena. It's like a whole trio of gods. It's a pantheon, yeah. yeah. What have we done? Good. Um, <laughs> okay, before we roll dice, I have one more question. And I know it's a format point and I will get to it, but it really, it really, it's important to me that I ask this question. Level 14! Level 14! It is, it is a lot. How did you find it? highs, lows, moments where you went, God, God, I'm such a badass, or moments where you went, ah, there's too many options. I literally have a sticky note on this monitor, <laughs> but lit the full size of my monitor with, I can do this, I can do yep. this, I can do this, I can do this, yep. just to try and remind myself. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot, but in, in, and I even made a martial character and it was still a lot. Um, and so that was hard. So I did just did a lot of my own dice rolls, but, I, I loved it story-wise because we started with so such low stakes and it's it, it was very fun to exist as as semi masters of a DD world like yes. between the five of us there's not a lot in the world that could really be too threatening to us in a fun and, and it was fun to be able to explore that mm -hmm. um where like like Mike said of like, we get it. We 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 are God. We're trapped here. Yada yada. We're jumping through the hoops. Totally cool. Whatever. We'll get to you. Don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> and that was a fun. That was a fun approach. Like fun. Fun kind of headspace for us. At least I thought for us to be kind of playing with, and one that you don't get too often because usually at high level games, it's like, all right, we're finding we're finding the even scarier thing. Yeah. That kick the absolute crap out of you guys. And so it was really fun to be a level 14 character who was just like, 
Yeah, I don't know. And then now yeah, there's a dragon and that's scary or whatever, but like <laughs> we'll get to it. And okay, there's these other bandits and they're doing stuff, but like, come on, what are we doing? What are we doing? Scary what are we doing here? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm letting Grimnir influence me too much and my various resistances and large, large hit points, but. I will say the same thing I always say whenever combat happens. They're like, oh, that dragon was scary. You didn't, none of you went down. Don't, don't, don't. That is, mm. <laughs> it's when the party start dropping and when you go, one's down and now two are down and one's up again, but another one's down and you go, yes, now they're scared. That's what I like. I was very confident, very, oh, very confident with the fact that I knew everything to do with Alaric in episodes one and two <laughs> until we got to the combat in episode three where I realised I had spells the entire time. <laughs> Thing is, right, you were already <laughs> filthy, good, powerful, plus your level of description of, like, insanity before you added spells to that mix. And then you found Zephyr Strike and uh, Ranger High Five, Zephyr Strike, easily the best spell in the game. Yeah. I mean, you spent 90% of the dragon fight on top of the dragon's head. <laughs> yes. Always good stuff. That was that was anime <laughs> bullshit. That was. That's, that's actually one of the things I really liked about the combat is that, again, I know that we are level all level fourteen, mm -hmm. and as um, Nathan said, I as a player know that most of these fights are not insurmountable for us at all, yeah. and it was a really cool way just to watch everyone in one or two turns showcase yeah. some something on their on their character sheet. That was just absolutely incredible. Like the whole Tine fight in the ice. The, yeah, the dragon transformation. Just, yeah, yeah. But just I can't remember who it was, but they were just sitting back watching a Tine just go full dragon, <laughs> and it was oh, I was so cool because again we know that we can do this, but yeah. Tine has got it sorted. Yeah, it <laughs> you was know? it was a Laric and Huxley. I just I just yeah. pictured that whenever Tine was spouting fire, we just held our teeth up to warm them up. Yeah, <laughs> nice carried on drinking. But yeah, it was and the the, the tree fight when Alaric first kind of stopped limping and just went <laughs> started Six. teleporting around. Six we know that this, shit, yeah. yeah, they're trees. Then it's not going to be too difficult to destroy, but it just allowed that really cool expression of your character of, of of our characters to yeah. to showcase what we can do, which was really, again, fulfilling. Mike, from a DM perspective. We know as much as you do that level 14 is fucking difficult to DM because you turn around and think, this will be a nice deadly encounter. Oh no, that person has that one spell. It is now nothing. <laughs> Did you find that well, particularly was... like driving or was there an element of like, I've kind of planned for this? I mean, I, I, the one fight I thought might have been in problematic potentially was an ancient. Yeah. Um, Amethyst Dragon just because of uh, what they can do. Um, some of their stuff is just particularly mean. I didn't, I, but we all know Ciara's bullshit, let's be honest. So yeah. you throw stuff even if you think it, that was that encounter plus the two others that were going after. Blazer's character made it a deadly encounter, but yeah. it just doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Well, the one that Evie soloed on yeah. her own with Tine was a deadly encounter, yeah. and Tine did it on her own. So, like, it, you know, there's only so much you can do, but I, I, it was the, I think Johnny's just on the point, the expression of the characters yeah. through combat was just fascinating. And it, it meant that, you know, I've some in other groups I've DM'd um, outside of this, mm. you have to be prompting all the time to get descriptions and yeah. get them really feeling their characters and really encourage them to keep their energy up. 
I just I could just sit back and just let let the encounter tick over, throw a couple of descriptions, mm. attack them with something, and then just let them go again. And that was just such a pleasure. Yeah. And made my job as a DM in those quite complicated encounters. Yeah. And and I don't know if I'm just the same, but I very rarely DM such high level. Players. I don't think anyone does. Like, not like I don't think anyone ever DMs at that level. But I think that mm. from from my personal experience, people tend to avoid the first couple of levels because they suck, mm. and they tend to they tend to get to like level ten to fourteen to fifteen ish, and then it tends to be when the campaign starts to wind down. They mm. have DM level twenty stuff because it's been like a one off event and that sort of thing, and you can. The thing is, encounter tailoring becomes less about what's the CR of the monster and more like action economy. I need everything yeah. that's fighting them to have significant action economy because otherwise that is five turns where every single one of them can change the combat in an instant. So every single one of the creatures has to have legendary actions, mythic actions, God knows what else, to be able to keep up with the amount of, the amount of player agency at that point. And it's why it's the thing that Wizards started doing about Theros, about what, two, three years ago now? Giving legendary actions to CR5 creatures, uh, giving mythic actions, in other words, the creature dies, but it comes back with all its hit points and a new ability. This is not my, even my final form stuff. Like, that is such a lovely addition to the game. Because it make, cause I think legendary actions at really low levels are super cool. Because then it's like a level three character going, I just can use an and they go, we're level three. Like, they just they're going, what are you doing? <laughs> because it suddenly changes the economy setting entirely and suddenly a boss becomes even more terrifying. I really like that. I like that the game's got inbuilt mechanics for taking that part of the CR aspect and making it scarier. The players kind of were very clever with that as well, yeah. with um, an extra little thing of having the Prattler's influence. It's true. Yeah. The, the amount of times I was blindsided by josh when he was like i'm just gonna shout out i want to make this look cool prattler help me make this look cool yeah and you know there was other things of changing the environment and little sort of hints of like ah, if i can com just convince him he might just be interested in either making this more interesting or doing something else and that was really clever um and something i've not done before where the world is actually malleable Players. I found it really um, interesting because in my mind it was the Prattler's almost the DM. There's a level at which the Prattler is like the DM in this encounter because mm. you are providing elements for the players to engage with. It was just it was a fascinating meta 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 D D stream. We've not rolled a dice yet, folks, and I can't because I've got a question from not the audience, but from a fan. Our delightful Tom. Amazing. Tom says something. Here we go. <laughs> uh as the Dragon Within remains a classic, what would the rest of the party name their tell-all memoir and what juicy secrets such illicit affairs might be revealed? I'm going to pick on someone unless someone volunteers. Okay, Put on okay. Alaric's um, side hustle at the, uh, the <laughs> filthy section of the library. <laughs> Josh, we need another sexy pun. Go on, as you were going to say something while Josh thinks of a sexy pun. Uh, Huxley's uh, <laughs> memoir would be... Hello, my name is Huxley Bricklesnout. <laughs> uh, that would be what it was called. It would be a rambling tome about oh, the thing. Yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. Any juicy little nuggets hidden within? I think there'd be a lot of passive bitching, but not intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Aimed possibly at teenage. 
Oh, because it no. usually happened all the way through the campaign. Oh, and that's fair. Tina's awful. Yeah. No. <laughs> would Tina read the book? She'd skim it. Yes. Probably Tine wouldn't would, pick up on any of the subtext. Tina would read it. Would give it a skim and go, "That's that's great." Well, well done. Well done. Well yeah. done. You've also written a book. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Let's see it outsell mine. <laughs> it's a new print copy. <laughs> Go um, on. What, what other books? What other books? I've got three more players, and I want three more book titles. So uh, Grimnir would start writing a book, um, and then be advised by friends, lawyers, uh, <laughs> maybe like some sort of like king or mayor that you can't write any of this um, <laughs> because it is incriminating at best, and and maybe you know like would put like a target on your back, or sure. is just too profane to write and i ha i would have to arrest you for putting this sort of slander your i guess it'd be libel maybe i don't remember which uh, it's slander um, if it's written down but also it's only slander if it's a lie none of it's a lie well, <laughs> to say but I think. I think i think then grimnir would pivot actually into whatever the fantasy equivalent of podcasts are and <laughs> oh, no um, and then why is he Joe Rogan? A, Don't do this no, to no, no, no. me. It, yeah, it would be an interview show, and so that's <laughs> tough. But uh, I think I think there would be a lot of a lot of times where he would start telling a story, and then his producer would just be like, "You can't you can't say that, you can't say that," and he would just be like, "Oh yeah." Anyway, uh, so it wouldn't be a good podcast, but he would try. Um, so none books is the answer. Grimness skin is sort of uh, is it purpley? Purpley dragon scales. I don't remember what it was. I think it was like bluish, whitish, maybe. I don't remember, but either well, way. Listen, you're not Joe Rogan, so it has to be like bright red all the time for yeah, no discernible reason. Why is he always bright red? I don't understand. Okay, um, John. I've just, just thought of a title that has a Good. dual meaning to it as well. Perfect. So the, the title would be Under Fire <laughs> because, you know, they were being attacked. But also the, the hidden message in there would be a blaze is a fire elemental mm. who was outflamed by Tine constantly. So, so it's just a series of books shitting on Tine? That's yeah. what this is? No, I think I think there'd be like half the book would just be speaking about um Blaze is just in awe of Tine's fire and wants to be trained in fire breathing and stuff. So, you know, I think there'd be more of like um fan fan section about Tine and uh, Tine's fire. I'm not sure that's better. <laughs> oh, it's... <laughs> fire fans! Yeah, yeah, I'll be a fire fan, yeah. Finally! Also, teenage ghostwriter Martin Berry Burble is available for all of your project needs. Is Martin Berry Burble the halfling from ancient antics who lived in the town? Is that that? Is that the... No, Martin Berry Burble is a grandson of Myrtle Berry Burble. Oh! Like a halfling granny character. Oh, even better! No, there's like over a hundred of them in Waterdeep, so I figured one of them would... Yeah, it's fair, yeah. yeah. I do have a question regarding any of the books that any of our characters would have. You know when the critics write like a little snippet yep. of describing the book, do you think any of them would be described as deep, thick and girthy? <laughs> <laughs> like with, with stars afterwards. Just a picture of your leg on the front. Can, can <laughs> we all leg. agree that I want nothing more now than a podcast that advertises itself as deep, thick and girthy? <laughs> 
Chris, have you not been paying attention to all the Reckless Attack promos I've been putting out? <laughs> you know, you don't I, I love Reckless Attack, Nathan, but it's never been described as deep, thick, and girthy. It well, has now. you clearly aren't, again, aren't, haven't been following my latest Instagram reels that oh, I've been putting out. Oh, you That's a lie. If you do it right now, then it will be truth when this goes out. I guess that's I true. don't want to have to Google deep, no, thick, and girthy. I'm just saying. Go on, Josh. Um, Alaric has a particular fascination with the more erotic books. Why are we here? But again? <laughs> yeah, Alaric, <laughs> Alaric. But Alaric himself uh, did sort of make out with out of the Prattlers uh, library with some books. Mm. Uh, so he would more do if he was able to write. A book of his own it would be more of a book uh of his life and it would be tailored in the way as an apology to his family i think because i had a this is the only time i'm playing alaric so put the deep part down yeah i'm not playing alaric again i had an i've got an ending for alaric so um, oh well then what's alaric's ending please um he would his in the last episode, he, mm. when he used to, had the final confrontation with his father, he went on about how he feels that he's failed Blaze in terms of the fact that he age has taken over. So he would ask Tina to take Blaze, and then Alaric would have died. Just old age. Old age. He did, would have just died. Not like straight away. Here you go, teenage. If if we'd done a if we'd done a like a character wrap up thing at the end, mm. the ending the ending that we did was absolutely fantastic. Mm. If we but if we'd done a character in, thing at the end, it would have been Alaric would have sent off letters to his two sons and to his dad, would have mm. put sent Blaze off on their adventures so that they could deal with their stuff because he's no longer able to do it and he would have just that's like peacefully. so sad because I don't know because your name would disappear from my book as well. Yeah. Oh. As much as, I, as much as I love the character build. <laughs> but yeah, but he I would have ruined your last words though because you'd have said your last words, died, and then come back briefly <laughs> and oh shit, and then died again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure old age cancels out like rejuvenation <laughs> spells. <laughs> I go off to the afterlife in peace. Ugh. Ugh. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's that's um, more tragedy. Well, we're good at that. Um, Mike, would the Prattler have a have a new book out? What would the Prattler's book mm. be called? It's I don't know if it'd be. It really depends on what mood he ended up in near the end, because everything was burning around him. Um, I don't know if it was the ones that got away, maybe, or... Oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> um, Screw in, all of uh, humanity. Or something more, like, on the nose. Because don't forget, anything the Prattler writes in his domain will appear somewhere in the material. Whether it's produced in a bookshop or back in Blackstaff Library, it will appear somewhere. So, well... <laughs> I look, I look forward to when one of these characters goes to a bookshelf and picks up a book called I'm Going to Kill You. Huh? <laughs> It'd be more playful at this point, I think. He got, he, he got beaten. To, to the story. Um, <laughs> oh, big, maybe I'm going to kill you. Ooh. There was a, 
my I did have another idea where I was going to offer the prattler to to be the prattler's friend if the prattler put me in one of my own books so I could relive my same memories over and over again. Uh, it's... <laughs> no, he's dead. He's dead and gone. He's dead now. <laughs> Until someone reanimates him as a reborn. Um, good. Oh, reborn with that skill build as well. It's spicy. No, 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 no. No, right, we need to roll the dice at least once in the show, and I think we've got time for one dice roll. So make it <laughs> good, Chris. Dice. Make it roll good. Dice. Roll that dice. dice. Dice roll, roll ready for it. Ooh. Ooh! I have rolled a six. And a six means... No, I'm not going to ask that. We just did it. What was the saddest moment? We just had it. It was Josh. Um, Mike, you, you, you've, you've spoken the least, I feel, so I think we should ask you a question at the end, and the players can hopefully get excited Banter. by your answer. Banter! Were there any secrets or mysteries the players didn't solve or discover? There was a couple. I, I've, I always try to leave little hints as mm. to what's to come. Um, there was a conversation that Huxley and the Prattler had at the very, very, very start where Huxley was embarrassed about his quill. And he made this sort of speech about how Huxley has all the power in his hands, never give up on the quill. And it ended that Huxley realised that he could change the narrative, be the narrator and change the story. And that was going to, that was like a pre-hint at a solution that Huxley could come up with. Um, there was a couple of others about the nature of the Prattler's sort of mental state as it was sort of declining, i.e. Um, the self-help books all being scattered around. Um, <laughs> a, and his abusive nature getting more and more intense, um, his attitude towards it. You know, I tried to leave little hints um, that sort of could change things um it was interesting and not in a single one of the stories did you kind of play along you played along but not fully which i thought was really interesting in every single sort of short story that the prattler well, prepared hmm. um where basically i mean it was as simple as he just went poking around in the mines and picked something out um not a single one of the character stories any of them chose to just follow the path that the prattling foot pointed from they were like no that's just a, that's either not me anymore or um i this is different or i get to revisit this or mm. this is torture i am not embracing this in any shape or form and what i really enjoyed that the first four with this it was real clash immediate like no yeah. we're not doing this um we're not playing this game I'm going to change it to how I want it. The one person that didn't, and I thought for just a second that Liz might just not change Huxley's mind. Because there was a bit when Huxley embraced it, fell in love with the idea, and like maybe I was just falling for like the way Liz was playing Huxley because there was just so much like love in the way that they were talking as this character and the interactions and then Liz started playing with describing how they would have been as a married couple in this home and stuff like that and it just it got so real so quickly and it was mm. such a contrast compared to everybody clashing Huxley just was like oh this is what I've been looking for my entire life and yeah. speaking of the saddest moment yeah yeah that was huge this we genuinely, genuinely tempted would have left Huxley there forever 
So in game, I don't really go in with any specific idea of what I want to do. So I was just going with motions. And sorry, Mike, I kind of took you on that journey with me. But yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I guess it was like, you know, Huxley's been presented with this situation. He's an intelligent bugbear. But often the heart will lead anybody to any stupid decision. And that's kind of where I went with that. So, yes. Oh. Can you imagine leaving the, just leaving the characters there and that was the end? But then I was like, we kind of need to wrap this up so Hutsi can't linger on this too long. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been, so, I mean, yeah. Imagine that as an ending. Imagine that as a yeah. mic drop, like, and we're done. Yeah, <laughs> so I did, yeah. But it, it, it was quite a real emotion of, you know, do you just go through the motions? Do you just follow your heart when you know it's the wrong thing to do and it's not right? but it feels real, so is it. it? It it was quite a real thing to go on. So, mm. yeah, it was, it was interesting. Of how easy is it to forget about four people and just mm. enjoy what you've got in front of me? So for Huxley, I guess quite easy, but for Liz, I was like, oh my God, it's just me. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> where's everyone else? Why can't they do the talking? <laughs> uh... But yeah, cool. it was good. Oh, we've got time for folks unless anyone wants to throw in any last minute thoughts anything that i just say about the end of the company and the wrapping ups they have to add i loved it it was great fun the concept <laughs> was amazing i loved it it, I was, loved good. it. it was good it was very good Rock i enjoyed enjoyed, good. enjoyed playing in it very much thank you <laughs> Yep, I also, also loved it. It was very good. <laughs> this I also loved ego it, and it was very good. Come on! Um, <laughs> I, I, need all the, I need all I can get. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, very well, good to watch, Mike. I enjoyed it immensely. I'll go a step <laughs> further, and I will also say that, yeah, Mike, I think you did a great job of even as unbelievably chaotic as this as the setup was of just how high concept, high, like, strangeness and and like not straightforward as it was and how open-ended it was um i thought i thought the th one of the things you did best was set the tone for that and set the tone of like it's all like things are progressing all directions are valid however you want to interact with it is totally good and then reinforcing that by actually being fine when we interacted with it in all sorts of weird, strange ways. Um, and and that I think was the only way that it was really gonna work um, be because it was this, again, this cool high concept, weird, strange thing. And I think because you were, were putting kind of, you were, you were pushing just the right buttons, dialing it in just so, um, and kind of um, making sure everyone was feeling good and, um, and empowered throughout the whole process, I think, um, was was a real lovely uh, DM magic trick that I think you did very well. That's awesome. But we we can't leave anything without saying thank you to Huxley, because none of this would have happened without Huxley. Oh, thank you, Huxley. <laughs> True. Uh, Thanks. For this wholesome <laughs> trauma. You're welcome. Thank you. For I bestow this trauma tool. upon everybody. <laughs> and with that, we're going to wrap up. Yay! That's a gift, Liz. Um, good. Thank you for joining us, everyone, and be part of the show. Uh, we stream Talk Togethers and Talking is a Free Action. Our chat show is where we chat about what we're doing and what other people do and other TTRPG-related bits and bobs or question dungeons or all sorts of, like, little, little hour-long hour -long things. This one's Saturdays, yeah, 6 p.m. Uh, it's currently British summertime, but there's also GMT when that is the correct time. Because that, that's, that's how that works. 
Um, we also stream D&D games on Mondays and Tuesdays. Mondays are our new shows, and uh, we are currently streaming uh, Fracture, which is our long-running campaign. And we are also now about to start... Um, uh, monsters and monsters and maelstrom. Thank you, monsters and maelstroms. Low the show, which uh, you can see Mike and me and Nathan. Is it just us? Yes, yeah, just us. Uh, in uh, for the next uh, well eight weeks because it's four weeks on and off with uh, fracture. It's uh, on and off on Mondays and on Tuesdays. We are currently uh, streaming uh, reruns of some of our uh, very successful, very popular shows. Um, I think we're probably nearing the end of Sea of Swords Forsaken. Um, not sure what's next in the schedule. Put in. Um, oh, might be Seekers of Altera. That'd be fun. Mm. Nice one to revisit as well. Anyway, that's on Tuesdays. Uh, all of our shows stream at twitch.tv slash altogetherrpg, and they are available on YouTube uh, directly afterwards or, you know, within a day or so. Um, that's uh, youtube.com slash altogetherrpg. And uh, there's also podcast versions everywhere. Just search uh, your favorite podcasting app for Roll Together RPG. Uh, reminder, we're on the social medias where you can do all the things that help people engage with the social medias. Do it. <laughs> And you can always check the time on TikTok. I understand how this works. Um, we're also on Patreon. Please do patronize us. Help, please help. Everyone's lovely. We, the support is much appreciated. Josh is doing the heart hands that I... I, I can't do it. He's what do you do? do? Yeah. Are these yeah, my hands? Are these my hands? <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Patreon, thank you very much, D20 Club, and all our sponsors and supporters. You are all marvellous. And thank you, everyone here. And... Um, Oh, yeah, stay classy at the table.